KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the Salem Progressive Film Series presentation of Holding the Thin Green Line. This documentary slideshow tells the stories of people fighting to save the souls of their communities and preserve the integrity of the Pacific Northwest as they fight to stop the world's largest methanol refinery from being built in Kalemba, Washington, and a massive LNG facility in Tacoma. From December 6th to the 11th, this slideshow can be viewed at your own convenience at kboo.fm slash greenline. Then on December 11th from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll hold a live Q&A session with activists who are featured in the documentary. Again, that's Holding the Thin Green Line documentary slideshow screening, December 6th to the 11th, and a live Zoom Q&A on December 11th. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Is your organization planning a virtual event? Looking for a media co-sponsorship? Then contact KBOO today. KBOO's community media co-sponsorships provide free on-air promos for local nonprofits and small organizations, as well as a listing on our website's community calendar and promotions on our social media. For more information and to apply, visit kboo.fm slash co-sponsorships today. You are listening to KBOO Portland. Coming up is the underground. I was never cool in school. I'm sure you don't remember me. And now it's been ten years. I'm still wondering who to be. And I'd love to mix in circles, clicks, and social coteries. That's me. Hand me my nose ring, leave me happy. Show me the mosh pit, we be happy. We can be happy underground. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the KBOO Youth Collective. I'm James. Tonight is the underground, and our theme for this month is philosophy. Our first piece comes to us courtesy of Chance, and it's about materialist philosophy and everything in between. Enjoy. Evening, Gabe. Uh, tonight, you can notice the audio, audio quality is a bit uh, not good right now, and that's because my equipment hasn't gotten here yet. Uh, there's been shipping delays in back order, so uh, in order to go with the flow, as it were, we are going to be using a 1950s radio style sound effect. So, uh, tonight I'm going to be talking about philosophy. Shocker, right? I know uh, the theme is philosophy. You never could have guessed that's what I, of all people, would be talking about. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking about two schools of thought of philosophy and an evolution on a newer school of thought. We're going to be talking about idealist philosophy, how that's different from materialist philosophy, and a, an application of materialist philosophy in the modern world. So idealism is a school of thought and philosophy that holds that the root 
of reality, of what we see as reality, is human thought. That the core of reality is human ideas. The best way to imagine idealist philosophy is an extreme version of it. I tend to find that extremes help you understand the core tenets of something beneath it. Solipsism is a philosophical doctrine where the concept of the world existing outside of an individual doesn't exist. Solipsism is the idea that nothing outside of you exists and you can't because you can't tell it exists, because our senses are imperfect. We can only experience the world through our senses, naturally. Uh, and since our minds construct the world through our senses, that individual's reality comes from their thought, right? That's one type of idealist philosophy. Uh, a more popular uh, version, of, uh, a more popular example you could use for idealist philosophy is a quote by uh, Rene Descartes. Uh, Rene Descartes, uh, in the 17th or 18th century, he was in crisis. Uh, but he was a philosopher, so instead of his existential crisis uh, being something we have today, he was being a lot more extra, because philosophers have no chill. Um, I'm a prime example of that. So, in his crisis, he didn't know what existed. He didn't know if the outside world existed, he didn't even know if other people existed, he didn't even know if he existed. So, he rationally broke down every single preconceived notion he had, and he came to a famous quote you probably heard, cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. This quote is idealism at its core. The idea that your beingness is preceded by thought and ideals. The quote summarizes idealism quite well, at the root of philosophy is human thought. So let's go to another evolution of idealism. Idealism goes much further than this. So, Prussian philosopher, Immanuel Kant, uh, one of the pioneers of the Age of Enlightenment, uh, imagined there were two kinds of realities, okay? The world of human perception, which is the world that uh, solipsists think is all of, of everything, the what, what you perceive, and the world of things in themselves. Like we talked about, the world of human perception is pretty self-explanatory, but the world of things in themselves is a very valuable concession from idealism. So, let's have a thought experiment to understand what uh, Kant meant by the world of things in themselves. Imagine a cashier at a local grocery store, okay? In your reality, all they are is an acne-ridden face and a smile bagging your groceries. That is your world. But in a greater existence, they're their own person. It, it, let's assume you don't know the cashier. In their own world, they're their own person. In the world of things in themselves, that still exists whether or not you believe in it. It's similar to the... Uh, if an apple falls off of a tree and no one is there to see it, did it really happen? The world of things in themselves would concede it did happen, but it's not in your world, okay? 
summary, this doctrine of idealist philosophy, things have their own reality, whether you perceive it or not. And that's a really valuable concession. I personally consider it kind of an internal contradiction of idealist philosophy, and it, it kind of suffocating itself, it kind of consuming itself. And that leads us to materialist philosophy. Now, if that talking about idealist philosophy sounded a bit too up in the air, a bit too conceptual to you, maybe you'll find more stable and attachable knowledge from the materialist school of thought. So, materialism is directly contradictory to idealism, it, and it's a more widely accepted uh, philosophy. Materialism holds that the material world comes before the ideal world. Okay? Uh, in other words, it's the idea that thoughts aren't the core of existence, because those thoughts come from somewhere. That somewhere being the electrochemical soup in that little fatty substance right between your ears, right? There's this material thing that precedes you having thought, that material thing being your brain. Materialists think that the situations we find ourselves in are the results of these tangible things and forces we encounter in the world. Uh, it's similar if you've ever, ever taken introductory uh, psychology classes, the nature versus nurture debate. A materialist would lean more on the nurture side, that material things can change that person's world. Obviously, nature could be a material force also, but that's another another discussion. To summarize, the material, uh, the materialist school of thought believes that the world is dictated by these discernible, tangible things that cause other things, okay? As opposed to ideas causing those things. Now bear with me here, okay? So, let's talk about what these material things I'm talking about are, okay? Material conditions, this is a phrase we hear a lot, material conditions are the things that dictate the material world, that move the material world, and the way that an individual experiences the material world. So a material condition can be anything from owning a house, to having some money, to feeling upset at someone or something, all of these things, feelings, forces, actual physical things you could touch, these are all material. They're discernible things that can dictate your human experience. Again, these are called material conditions. For example, someone with the material condition of having a house has different possibilities than someone who doesn't have a house. Someone who has the material condition of having a house can invite people over for a party, right? But someone who doesn't have a house can't do that, necessarily. This is one of the ways material conditions can dictate things, alright? Now, I told you we talk about an evolution of materialism, a way we can apply materialism to the world. And this is where we start going from philosophy towards sociology, uh, an applied way where we can visualize the world and use it to prescribe different uh, thoughts, okay? Let's talk about dialectical materialism, okay? Th that's a big word, I'll say it again. 
dialectical materialism. So dialectical materialism is a philosophical concept that holds that the material world we talked about is moved by concepts and their contradictions. So in philosophy you'll hear the phrase dialectic a lot. To a dialectical materialist, a dialectic would be two fundamental contradictions. So let's do an example. Uh, this is a pretty simple one, I'm pretty sure you can relate. Say you and your friend are arguing over who gets the last slice of a pizza, okay? You can't both take it, uh, or, or barring, you can't cut it in half, there's no knife, let's say. So you, one of you has to get that slice of pizza. Your friend and you are both arguing over it. It can't go both ways. Either your friend gets the pizza, or you get the pizza. And these two things are contradictory, they're mutually exclusive. Your friend can't have the slice, and you have the slice. One of you has to get it. This is a fundamental contradiction. This is a dialectic, following the dialectical materialist school of thought. So, you naturally might try to advance your material conditions in that argument. Say, uh, you're at a party and you got to that party late. You didn't have lunch and you want that slice of pizza, because you didn't get to have any pizza. There's one slice left, everyone else ate it. That moves the situation, the dialectic, materially in your favor. Okay? You following me? Okay. Another example. Let's say you're at a job interview, okay? I'm going to assume most of you have been to a job interview. If you haven't, talk to someone who has. This is a thing that happens. You're at a job interview, and the interviewer asks you, how much do you want to get paid? Okay? This is something that happens in a lot of job interviews, unless it's minimum wage, but that's, again, another problem. They'll ask, how much do you want to get paid for this job? It is in your best interest as a prospective employee to get paid as much money as possible for as little labor as possible. That is your best interest as an employee, okay? So you want the most dollars per hour. Contradictory to that, the employer, and it doesn't just have to be the interviewer, it's the company itself. They, it is their best interest to pay you as little as possible for as much labor as possible, okay? So, again, the employee's best interest is to get paid as much money as possible for as little work as possible. And fundamentally contradictory to that, the employer wants as much labor for as little money as possible. This is a fundamental contradiction. This is a dialectic, okay? So, this is a really complex topic. There are many layers of dialectics you can go down. There's many connotations it has. But today we talked about, and I hope you learned, about idealist philosophy, which is the idea that the root of reality and the root of the world as we know it is human thought and ideas. You learned about materialist philosophy, which is the idea that the world is this material thing, this tangible thing that dictates what happens. The material precedes the ideal.
fundamental contradictions that exist in our society can move the world. And there are people on both sides of these contradictions, okay? Uh, that's a summary of what we talked about today. Um, I, I hope you learned something. Uh, this is a really, like I said, it's a really deep and difficult concept. If you can get this idea down and you can understand this, you're already smarter than 99% of the people in the world, okay? So, um, if you want to learn more, there's loads of more philosophy online. Uh, I'd recommend looking at Philosophy Tube. It's this fantastic YouTube channel. I'd recommend looking at the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Uh, and I'd recommend Wikipedia, even. Uh, I know if you're in high school or college, they'll say Wikipedia is not a good source. You maybe don't want to cite Wikipedia, but it's a great way to learn these ideas in ways that can break it down for you, and you can go to their sources. Um, again, I've been Chance with the KB Youth Collective. You're listening to The Underground, uh, and I wish you all a very good evening. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Chance. Up next is Car Radio by 21 Pilots. of something great my lungs will fill and then deflate they fill with fire exhale desire i know it's dire my time today i have these thoughts so often i ought to replace that slot with what i once bought because somebody stole my car radio and now i just sit in silence Sometimes quiet is violent I find it hard to hide it My pride is no longer inside It's on my sleeve, my skin will scream Reminding me of who I killed inside my dream I hate this car that I'm driving There's no hiding for me I'm forced to deal with what I feel There is no distraction to mask what is real I can pull the steering wheel I have these thoughts so often I ought To replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio And now I just sit in silence Something terrifying Cause this time There's no sound To hide behind To find over the course Of our human existence One thing consists of Consistence And it's that We're all battling fear Oh dear I don't know If we know why we're here Oh my too deep Please stop thinking I liked it better When my car had sound There are things we can do But from the things That work there Are only two And from the two That we choose to do Peace will win And fear will lose It is faith And this sleep We need to pick one Please because Faith is to be awake And to be awake Is for us to think And for us to think Is to be alive and I will try with every rhyme to come across like I am dying to let you know you need to try to think I have these thoughts so often I ought to replace that slot with what I once bought Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence
reminder of something great. My lungs will fill and then deflate. They fill with fire, exhale desire. I know it's dire, my time today. I have these thoughts, so often I yacht to replace that slot with what I once bought. Cause somebody stole my car radio and now I just sit in silence. Our next song is The Philosopher by Death. Peace of the Night comes to us from Youth Collective members Mika and Kai. Enjoy.
Hi, I'm Mika. And I'm her sister Kai. And today we will be talking about what it means to live in the present versus to live in the future. Yeah, so we're often told you need to live in the moment. Don't worry about the future or don't fixate on the past. But what if that's not always the best philosophy? So I researched why it's important to live in the present. And I researched not living in the present. And we're going to be having a little debate talking about the pros and cons of each philosophy. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So my first reason as to why it's important to live in the moment is because the present is the only thing you really have control over. When it comes to the future, yes, you can plan, you can hope, but you don't really have control of the future and you obviously don't have control of the past. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. My rebuttal is, sure, you have control over the moment, but like, why not make choices so your future is better? The moment is fleeting. Hitting the snooze button is, you know, the greatest feeling, but five minutes later, you don't feel any less tired. In fact, you're probably more tired and grumpy, and now you'll have to rush your morning even more. <laughs> yeah. I know from personal experience that having a lazy morning where I've hit snooze like a dozen times, it only ruins my whole day. So the choices you make now determine your future. Yeah. I don't have a rebuttal to that. That's definitely true. Okay, but I'm going to jump into my second reason. So, second of all, I think living in the moment can help you with your relationships. So, just imagine you would always be living in the moment with the people around you and therefore putting more thoughtfulness and effort into those relationships. You would be able to focus on how you're feeling in that relationship. Are you feeling happy right now in this relationship? Can you move past any issues right now? And also, just to be clear, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. It can be any relationship with your friends, with your family, etc. So I know I'm supposed to be opposing you, but that makes sense to me. I mean, you said not only romantic relationships, but going with romantic relationships. If you're constantly thinking about the future and worried about how things could end up, you might be afraid of even starting a relationship mm -hmm. when there's so much joy that could come out of that, even if it probably will end up in heartbreak. And if you are at the end of a relationship, you don't want to be thinking about how great the past was as a reason not to move on. Yeah. Okay, so what's another reason for you? Okay, so my second reason is... So if a genie popped up and offered me eternal comfort and satisfaction, I don't think I would accept it. I mean, I probably would, but I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and here's why. The purpose of life isn't just to be happy and, like, consume pleasure all the time. Like, you know, those people on the spaceship in Wally. -E? <laughs> you'd get so bored or you'd go crazy from the lack of anything interesting. So I believe the purpose of life is to have goals and to push yourself and to look back and be proud of what you've done. I fully agree with that one. Okay. I shouldn't be saying I, I do, but... But the thing about, and, and the thing about philosophy, which is this theme, is that in having these discussions, the purpose isn't for one person to be right all the time, but to just kind of share our, our ideas and create um, a better understanding yeah. through that. So, yeah, I mean, it's fine for us to agree. Yeah. Okay, my third reason is that I think living in the moment can help with self-confidence and the ability to muster confidence and try new things. So if you're constantly focusing on a future goal, you might live your life feeling tied down or worried that certain opportunities will create a detour in your plans. But living in the moment, it would give you confidence to take those risks and take those new opportunities. And I think that's a super important thing. Yeah. 
I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, but to defend my position, going off of your idea of um, allowing you to feel confident, I think that looking back on the past, knowing what you did and how it turned out can allow you to gain confidence for the choices you're about to make. If I look back and I thought, oh, that thing that I did, that was a stupid thing to do, now I know, and now I can move forward knowing that. Mm. But also, looking back on past happiness can allow you to kind of slip into that mindset, even if your present moment sucks. Again, moments are fleeting, but your memory exists for the rest of your life, or at least until it starts to fade. For example, we went to Disneyland last year in the summer for, I think, three days? Yeah. But those three days are days that I think about, you know? Like, it's a very short amount of time, but it, even now it's kind of bringing me joy. Yeah. But another thing about that, Kai, is that you had to be living in the moment when we were at Disneyland to now be able to look back and feel happy about that. That makes sense. So, after reviewing a bunch of different reasons as to why one might want to live in the past, future, or present, I want to live my life with a combination. Some parts of life require being in the present. Some parts of life require focusing on future plans and I think it's all about balance totally I, I definitely agree with you on that all right that's all we have for you guys today um thank you so much for listening this has been Mika and Kai from KBOO thank you very much Mika and Kai our next song has a little bit of a story kind of attached to it it is of course from the uh, critically acclaimed and well-respected band known as the Shags if you have not already heard the story of the Shags, uh, basically, in the 1960s, a father got a palm reading, which, among other things, told him that his daughters would grow up to become famous musicians. And seeking to fulfill this prophecy, he bought them musical instruments and essentially forced them to learn how to play them and come up with songs, which eventually he kind of uh, also forced them to record and release uh, as a album under the name The Shags. And it has become somewhat of a staple here at the Youth Collective. So coming up next is Philosophy of the World by the one and only Shags. Enjoy.
shags as much as we continually do up next is what is in my opinion a banger of a decidedly different nature than the shags it is the cult of dionysus by the orion experience enjoy
thank you very much, everyone, for tuning into the Youth Collective tonight. Our show is on the fourth Wednesday of every month. And to close out the show, we have what else but 2112 by Rush. Uh, please stay safe this holiday season, everybody. Take care.
divines me When I touch it It gives forth a sound It's got wires that vibrate And give music What can this thing be that I've found?
Listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM.